0: Hello and welcome everyone again. Thanks for joining us. As part of our initiative, we wanted to hear from teenagers. So I sent out an anonymous survey to teens ages 12 through 18 in my school and friend circle. The questions I asked were, what are your questions about teen mental health? And what would you like your parents to know regarding teen mental health? I received a lot of thoughtful and truthful answers from my fellow teens. So today, I along with Pranav and our experts on mental health, Dr. Umrania and Dr. Kaur, will be focusing on some of the questions asked by teenagers and what they would like their parents to know regarding teen mental health. Some of the questions from the survey were addressed in our first episode on teen mental health and the rest is addressed here. So the first question is, how do you overcome sad feelings?
1: Great question, Riti. All of us feel sad sometimes. It usually occurs when something negative happens in our life such as loss of loved ones or relationships, loss of the opportunity or things not working out for us with school or friends etc. It is a normal emotion like any other emotion. Sadness makes us appreciate happiness. Like if sky is always bright and sunny we will stop appreciating bright sunny days. That said sadness is an uncomfortable emotion. Also people around us, may dismiss our feelings by saying things like, don't be sad. Our world around us often sees sadness as useless. So first, we have to accept and embrace it rather than denying it. Dismissing or denying does more harm than help. When you bury the sad feelings, it does not go away. It can continue to crawl back up in various ways like getting easily annoyed, yelling or cause clinical depression. So rather than trying to run away from sad feelings by distractions like social media or soothing yourself with eating, accept it, embrace it, give it some space and process it. Now to overcome sad feelings, there are a few ways. Dr. Kaur, do you want to start?
2: When we feel sad, we often get stuck in our heads and keep thinking about all the negative things that happened. This is called rumination. It amplifies the sad feelings. You want to beat this rumination. You can try taking a brisk walk, go for a sprint, take a cold shower, call a friend not to talk about all the sad things that happened, but just to talk. Maybe play an instrument, sing if you enjoy that, or whatever activity or hobby you like to do. These are all healthy ways to beat rumination. Watching TV or being glued to smartphone is not a healthy distraction So you kind of want to avoid that during these times. Sometimes writing down your thoughts on a paper can also help. You can write them down and then throw them in a trash can.
3: Well, this makes sense. I guess we often try to distract ourselves with social media on our phones, since it's always right there. However, social media can actually worsen sad thoughts. Are there any other additional ways to cope up with these negative
1: thoughts? Additionally, you can reframe your thoughts. Um, When we think negative, we feel negative. Um, Our thoughts and emotions are very closely tied up. So it is time to change or challenge your negative or irrational thoughts. Just to give you an example, I will never make any friends. You can change these thoughts by saying, uh, I'll make some friends again. Or I will never be good at, let's say, X, Y, and Z. You can change it by saying, I can be good at X, Y, and Z if I try.
0: Thanks. Other than working on rumination and challenging your thoughts, are there any additional tips you have?
2: Crying is another way that can help to provide release of the sad feelings. Think about the last time you cried. Did you feel better after crying? Usually, the answer is yes. There are studies that indicate that crying helps to release chemicals that can improve mood And decrease our pain. Crying applies to everyone regardless of your gender including boys or men. It is not a sign of weakness but rather could be taken as a sign for courage.
1: Additionally, practice self-compassion. Beat your inner self-criticism by being kind to yourself. Give yourself the same compassion as you would give to anyone else. Think about the words you use to criticize yourself. You will probably never say these things to anyone else. If you cannot use these critical words for anyone else, then why should you use it against yourself? You deserve the same level of compassion from yourself. Additionally, uh, some other tips. Uh, you know, you can go out in nature, experience it with all your five senses, see the beautiful creation of nature, hear the song words, feel the cool breeze, smell the air. It will all help you zoom out of your thought
2: That's right. Additionally, you can reach out to people like your friends, your family, teachers or other mentors, whoever you feel close to and supported by.
3: Just out of curiosity, what do you do to overcome sad feelings?
1: Well you know over the time with practice, I've become uh, very self-aware of different emotional states, and I know that they change and they don't stay constant. I accept them with open arms. I stay curious about them. I try to figure out if there are any reasons I'm having these feelings. I challenge negative thoughts, self-critical thoughts. I stay in present rather than thinking ahead of time. And again, most importantly, stay compassionate to self. I'm fortunate to live close to so many trails and parks, so I go on bike riding and running and you know try to zoom out of my thoughts um nature is kind of my go to place um you know i exercise regularly i have turned off my notifications on the phone but it is still hard uh, to stay away from phone and i also i'm also very fortunate to have supportive family and uh, you know have cultivated supportive friendships
3: what about you pranav when i'm sad i usually try to go outside and go for a walk or run I feel like doing some physical activity and getting fresh air relaxes me and helps me get my mind off of what is making me sad or stressed. What about you, Dr. Core?
2: In situations like those, I usually like to distract myself by going out for a walk or a jog or uh, spend time with my young children. If the time and circumstances allow, I may read a religious scripture which allows me to regain my inner strength to deal with the stressful circumstances. What about you, Riti? What do you do in these kind of situations?
0: The way I overcome sad feelings is by clearing my mind. I forget all my stress and do activities I enjoy, of course, other than being on social media or watching TV. For me, I practice singing. For others, it may be playing a sport, doing art, reading books, etc. Also, I lower my sadness through my life motto, which is whatever happens, happens for good and There will always be ups and downs in everyone's lives, and I accept both.
3: Those are some great tips. Thank you everyone for sharing what you do to alleviate stress and sadness.
0: There is another related question from the survey, and that's how do I know if I'm just sad or if I have a mental illness?
1: Very important question. If sadness is persistent for two or more weeks, and along with that you start noticing changes in sleeping or your eating patterns, You lose interest in activities that you used to enjoy, having problems with concentration, lack of energy, then you may be clinically depressed and you want to speak with your doctor. And if you have any suicidal thoughts, then you should seek immediate assistance. Call National Suicide Prevention Hotline which is 1-800-273-8255. Again, the number is 1-800-273-8255 or you can go to the nearest emergency room or call 911.
3: The person who asked this question has the following to tell their parents regarding teen mental health. I think that taking a break from studying is essential. Doing other things like watching YouTube, playing video games or sports is really important because it reduces stress and promotes self-care. Do you have any comments on this Dr. Imrania? I agree
1: with self-care. I agree that watching YouTube or playing video games can be copying mechanisms. However, it is important to limit the time you are spending on it. Also, I would encourage to limit screen time during the meals or, you know, before bedtime.
0: Dr. Kor, do you have any advice for parents? The
2: advice I have for parents is that video games, electronic devices, social media and channels are here to stay. So let your child share their ideas and concerns regarding these and have a long discussion regarding their use so that you can avoid unnecessary conflicts. Also, you want to set a good model by showing them what healthy screen habits are.
3: We talked about crying in the discussion earlier to overcome sadness. There's a related question. How much crying is too much crying?
1: I don't think that there is a set limit or guideline. However, if you are crying often or on daily basis, it may be an indication that you are more sad than usual sadness related to daily life events. It may be a sign of depression or anxiety. I would advise you to speak to your doctor if you are crying frequently or feeling more sadder.
0: Another question was, how much of teen mental health issues are related to hormones? Normal moodiness and unsettled behaviors are expected
2: in teenagers. There are many explanations for this, and one of them includes hormonal changes. In puberty, your brain is still developing and maturing, and it continues to do so until you're in your 20s. Hormones influence brain development, and they may particularly affect the region of the brain, which is the source for the neurotransmitter serotonin. Serotonin is responsible for regulation of our mood and arousal. So while your brain is developing, regardless of hormonal influences, things can go wrong and you may start having mental health issues. Additionally, hormones influence physical development as well, and that can result in body image issues and self-esteem problems, which may precipitate
0: other mood issues and anxieties. There's another question from the same teen. Are all teens struggling to find out a balance between aspects of their lives, or is that just me?
1: Good question. Yes, teens often struggle to balance aspects of their lives. There are academic demands, high expectations from parents, as well as your goals for the future, your social life, and it can all feel overwhelming to balance. At times, it may feel you don't have control over these external factors. So, you want to take a look at your plate and think what are the things that you have to do and what are the things You can take off of your plate if you are feeling overwhelmed.
0: Thanks Dr. Amranya. Another question from the same teen was, Am I thinking too much about the future or too little?
1: It is tricky. You certainly do not want to overthink to the point where you are overwhelming yourself and causing unnecessary anxiety. And also you don't want to think too little that it stops you from pushing yourself towards your goals thinking excessively about future does not help because we don't have control over what is going to happen in the future however you can control what you are doing today which may affect your future so best thing to do is to practice staying in present and work in increments towards your long term goals or ambition you have be observant of your thoughts if you start overthinking about future Try to stop and redirect yourself to focus on present.
0: This question has this to say to their parents regarding mental health. I would like my parents to know that they are making things so much worse when they scream at me, when they know I'm struggling to finish work-slash-balance activities. Screaming does not make them a better parent and only triggers me to become a worse child. Dr. Gore, do you have any comments on this?
2: Yes. To the parents, I would say you would want to avoid yelling or screaming at your child. It is understandable that all the parents have best intentions for their children and parenting can be challenging. However, screaming or yelling at the child does not help and it can cause a wider disconnect between you and your child. You want to foster an open environment where your child can freely share their concerns with you openly and you can also discuss your concerns with them. And to the teenagers, I would say that if you're feeling concerned about something, please do share your concerns with your parents. It is hard to open up sometimes. However, you need to remember that your parents will want to know what you're feeling and going through.
3: Here's another question. What can we all do to reduce the stigma around teen mental health and convince others that it's not just something small in our heads?
1: According to survey done by American Psychological Association by the name of Stress in America, our teens adopting adult stress habits, which included about 1,018 teens aged between 13 and 17, reported that their stress level during the school year far exceeded what they believed to be healthy. 31% of teens also reported feeling overwhelmed and 30% reported feeling depressed or sad as a result of stress. More than one-third of teens reported feeling tired, which is about 36%. And nearly one-quarter of teens, which is about 23%, reported skipping a meal due to stress. Survey findings illustrated that when teens are living with high stress, it appears that they are less likely to sleep well, exercise or eat healthy foods.
2: That's interesting, Dr. Marania. Many parents do not understand why their teenagers occasionally behave in an impulsive or irrational manner. At times, it seems like teens don't think things through or fully consider the consequences of their actions. Teenagers differ from adults in the way they behave, solve problems, and make decisions. There is a biological explanation for this. As we spoke about it earlier, Studies have shown that human brains continue to mature and develop through childhood and adolescence and well into early adulthood. Pictures of the brain in action show that teenagers' brains work differently than adults when they are making decisions or solving problems. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't be held responsible for their actions. However, an awareness of these differences can help parents and other adults understand anticipate and manage the behavior of the adolescents. And in regards to stigma, we talked about it in our Break the Stigma
0: episode. Please give it a listen. The teen who asked this question wanted to tell this to their parents. I would like them to know that most teenagers struggling with mental health issues would really not have to deal with these issues, but they're out of their control. Family support also goes a long way. Dr. Kaur, do you have any thoughts on this? Absolutely. Family support
2: is very important. Openness to discuss about mental health issues in the family is very crucial.
3: Another question. Do college students face more stress or mental health problems than high schoolers? How does this compare across the various age groups? Great question. Um,
1: the transition into adulthood begins in the late teens and continues through the mid 20s. This can be stressful because young people become more self sufficient and make decisions that shape their futures. For example, they are making educational plans, moving out to live on their own, starting careers, entering into serious relationships. They have to figure out housing and insurance coverage, among other challenges. Number of studies have found that older adolescents have higher rates of mental issues than younger adolescents. Young adults have higher rates of co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders than older adults. The transitioning into adulthood is vulnerable wherein several psychiatric issues are noted to become apparent. This is not to scare you but again if you work on establishing positive habits when you are young Transition to college will become easy. Hey Pranav, I know you are a college student. Um, Do you have any thoughts on this question?
3: Personally, I noticed that the transition to college was a little bit stressful. However, in general, I've been less stressed in college as I have the freedom to choose my own schedule and prioritize the things that truly matter to me.
0: Thank you so much, Brenov. That helped at least alleviate some of my stress of going to college.
3: So here's our last question for the day. Do you have any suggestions for stress management for college students?
2: Certainly. Firstly, make sure to get enough sleep. Learn ways to develop healthy sleeping habits, which is also known as sleep hygiene. Look into the college's health and wellness center. There are many resources on campus for students with special needs and interests. Consider whether to request for a single room, if available, or have a roommate. Living in close quarters may require extra planning. A single room may offer more privacy, however it limits your socialization. Partying on campus may occur. Speak honestly with your doctor how substance use will affect your condition and medications do not hesitate in reaching out for professional help as early diagnosis and early management of any condition will result in good outcomes and minimal loss of college time. We have covered more general strategies
0: to manage stress in our stress podcast episode. Here's what the teenager who asked this question has to say to his or her parents. Teenagers face a lot of mental stress and pressures that are completely different than what parents had to face when they were growing up. It would make such a big difference if parents did not invalidate their child's experiences, but instead supported them and acted as an adult that their kids would feel comfortable talking to about what they're going through, rather than being nervous about sharing their feelings.
1: Yes, validation is very important. When we fail, We experience range of uncomfortable emotions like shame, anxiety, disappointments, anger. When your child is experiencing these emotions and if you tell them that things like it's okay, you will be fine or you will do better next time, you are invalidating their feelings and this does not help. Instead, you want to validate what you are observing. If they are disappointed, you want to say like, I see you are disappointed And I know you really wanted to do better in your test. You want your child to feel through these emotions. All these emotions are part of life and we cannot avoid them even though they are difficult. So when you help your child sit with these difficult emotions, it allows them to understand it is
3: okay to have all these feelings and they can eventually overcome it. Excellent points both of you. My sincere hope is that we can make our small contributions to alleviate stigma and reach out to people. On this note, thank you very much to everyone who joined us. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website for updates on upcoming episodes. Thanks again, keep talking, and I hope you have a great day ahead. This is your host Pranav, signing off.